Welcome to Slices of Life, the podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and special guest Suzanne Ciencio. We all go through our daily lives engaging in many conversations with others, but most of the time we don't listen as well as we could or sometimes should. We're often distracted, we think we're listening to the other person, but we're not really giving them our full attention. What does it look like to listen to one another in a way that really makes us feel heard and seen? Today, we have with us professional listener and licensed professional Christian counselor, Suzanne Ciencio, to talk with us about the difference between listening and hearing and how we can be a better listener to the people in our lives. All right, so back in March of 2016, Circles of Faith held an event called Your Story, Your Influence. And in the event, we walked our attendees through the process of telling their story. And what we did was we put a question on the table. Actually, we put several questions on the table, and people got to pick which one they were going to answer. And uh, we were broken up into groups, and the members of the group had to listen to somebody talk, answer their question for five minutes. So there was no interruptions. There was no talking back. It was just a time to listen. And then after those five minutes, the members of the group were able to ask questions, but only questions. There were no comments, no advice, no fixing. And it was really just a powerful time of sharing. And it was, it was even better than we expected. Um, but before that took place, we had Suzanne speak and share with us what it meant to be a good listener and active listener and and pay attention to people when they were talking. I thought it, it was one of my favorite sessions that day because, at least as you know, and, my, and our listeners know, I like practical steps. I want to know exactly what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Um, and I think listening is one of those things that you take for granted. And I definitely think it's become a skill that um, we're starting to lose with mm-hmm. this kind of like social media, get online, find out what somebody's up to. And so that's why it was so important to bring this message to you guys, because I think it is something that we can all benefit from and we can all relearn ourselves. Mm-hmm. Suzanne, why don't you just share with us a little bit about what good active listening is? Sure. Um, a really good listener listens with their heart, their eyes, their body language. Being heard is so important to us. It can't be overestimated. It's part of our healing, sanctification, and it's a very huge gift we can give each other. Being present, just being there isn't enough. We could be preoccupied with other things. So um, that's basically, you know, it's just such an important skill for all of us. And of course, I'm a professional listener, so I've been practicing listening for a long time. But I have to say, it's a lot harder in a social setting because mm-hmm. there's lots going on. So mm-hmm. I get I'm challenged with it also outside yeah. of the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you surprised what you see when you get together with people and see how they are supposedly listening to others? I mean, do you see? Absolutely. Like- <laughs> Absolutely. There's more talking than listening. Mm-hmm. 80% of the time, mm-hmm. because we're all so excited to be with each other. And it comes from some good places. It also comes from, you know, sometimes not not uh, ever having applied any skills. And sometimes it comes from anxiety. People show mm-hmm. up anxious and they just kind of jump in mm-hmm. and away they go. And mm-hmm. uh, so sometimes it's hard to listen. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know sometimes when I get together with people, um, maybe not so much now as maybe when my kids were younger, I would just see a grown-up and I would just be like, blah, 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 blah. I just mm-hmm. needed somebody to talk to. And I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't really looking for anybody else to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, just so wanted I, to unload yeah. a little. And so I can see where um, anxiety, just needing to be around people, um, can lend itself to, to not being a good listener, to not, you know, be recognizing that in every conversation there's two sides and that other people might need a listening ear. What about you, Elise? What have you discovered? Well, I think that um, some of the things that you've already pointed out, definitely social media and all the sort of what I would call manic ways of communicating these days um, makes conversation, the art of conversation, a more difficult um, skill. Um, I'll defer to Suzanne talking a little bit about those things and, um, tell you what I think I struggle the most with personally. So, um, so we'll look at some bad listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Let's start off with that. Okay. Well, the worst communication habit ever is interrupting. And I don't think there's a person on the planet who doesn't interrupt sometimes, you know, get excited, uh, want something repeated, but, the problem with with interrupting is you're really throwing the speaker off. You're, and what we were talking about that day, particularly for the exercise, is it makes it all about me. You're trying to convey something, share something. And if I keep interrupting, then it really does become about me, the interrupter. And, mm-hmm. you know, so hard not to sometimes, but probably one of the bit, one of the worst communication styles ever, just mm-hmm. jumping in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've really had to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, I definitely would say that's one that, um, we hear a little nugget and we jump in too quickly. And I mm-hmm. too have had to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I am one of four sisters and mm-hmm. so interruption is almost a communication style. Mm-hmm. And we've had to be very careful of being that way with other people. I think we've had to sort of nudge each other about it. There's been a few times where, you know, even today, one sister will look at the other who's jumped in too soon when somebody else is talking. So I can mm-hmm. relate to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we all can. I think I remember I had a friend who used to say, as she interrupted, oh, I have to say this now or I'll forget. And, you know, everybody else would be like, well, maybe that would be okay. We can wait till later <laughs> to hear. But, you know, it's just all in the art of being together. It's not, I don't think it's unrighteous behavior. It's just, you know, some habits, you know, yeah. that we're all, all three of us even are looking at and challenged by. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, the next one is probably the relationship killer and that's giving unsolicited advice. So someone's talking to you and telling you what's going on and, um, you tell them, you know, that you just had that problem and this is what you did, or, you know, your aunt Francis had that problem. This is what she did. And, and the person who's speaking usually just wants to unload a little, wants mm-hmm. to be heard, wants to, uh, needs the presence of the other women, just, you know, wants to feel supported. And so this, the unsolicited advice kind of just crushes the conversation because mm-hmm. once again, the attention goes from the speaker to me, the advice giver. Mm-hmm. And it's different if someone's asking you for advice, if someone's right. saying, Hey, Elise, Kimberly, 
I know you've had kids this age. What what did you do? Mm-hmm. That's not unsolicited. But if mm-hmm. someone's just talking, we real you know it's it's like I said, it is a relationship killer, especially between parents and older children, mm-hmm. but also with husbands and wives for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that Suzanne, uh, husbands and wives. I think mm-hmm. sometimes when you know, at the risk of being too general, um, women want to download and men want to fix. And so that Mm -hmm. advice can come in when I just want you to hear me and Mm -hmm. show that you've heard me, not tell me what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, that kind of reminds me of the next one, which is when the husband does that, he's managing his feelings through me. So I made him anxious that I had a problem or a concern mm-hmm. or a conflict. And he doesn't, he loves me. He doesn't really want me to have that problem or concern. So he feels anxious and he just tries to fix me. And I don't think there's a wife around who hasn't felt rankled or irritated by that. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a very tough one. Very mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see, you know, I, I, you're right when it comes to parents and children as well. One of the things mm-hmm. that... I have been conscious about with my teenager because I read somewhere that at this point in her life, my job is to advise. And so Mm -hmm. I've changed my approach with how I deal with her and I will make suggestions and I will say, it's Mm -hmm. up to you, but this is what I suggest. And so I'm not saying this is what you should be doing. I want to say, did you do this? And then following up to make sure she did what I told her she should do. And, and, and so I'm trying to take a step back now with my younger kids. I'm a little bit more like, this is what you need to do. I need to see right. you do it. You need to be obedient. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really helped our relationship because I think she comes to me and asks me for advice because she knows I'm not going to hold her to everything that comes out of my mouth, mm-hmm. um, which could be stressful because um, I've experienced that myself. That sounds empowering, sure. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great parenting skill. Mm-hmm. 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 Really is number four is so much connected to advising. The reason yeah. we give advice is because we get anxious. Number mm-hmm. three, this is almost a comical one, overrelating. Mm-hmm. So someone comes to the luncheon or the post church coffee, and um, maybe they want to tell a story of an adventure they just had, maybe a great family vacation, and they're all excited. And they come in and they begin talking about it. And somebody else went to the same place and had a wonderful time. And they just jump in and say, oh, again, comes out of a good heart of connecting, mm-hmm. but they kind of dominate. Mm-hmm. So we forget about the original speaker because the more exuberant speaker takes over and just with multiple details and excitement. And like I said, it's not a malicious thing. It's just, you know, we're, it's an example of bad listening because <laughs> what we could do is wait till the person's completely done, the idea that listen, and then when you're done, say, you're not going to believe this. I had that same vacation or that same trip, whatever, that same adventure. And Mm. then there's a connection Mm. because you waited and gave the respect. Oh, that's good. And Mm -hmm. now it's deep. But if I cross over you, you kind of feel offended by me. Yes, yes. That would be definitely one that my enthusiasm can get the better of me. And I jump in too soon. And I'm thinking, Suzanne, as you're talking about that, like the, the solution to that is just keeping your mouth shut and being right. ready to, instead of talk about me, say mm-hmm. something like, oh, gosh, I'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> you know, like literally substituting right. you, me for you. 
Right. Um, Right. Right. And I think that's what all these communication skills boil down to, exactly what you just said. Keep my eyes on you, the speaker. Hold on to what I have to say. I might be excited. I I could be a great listener. Mm -hmm. And then later on, tell my story. So, yeah, I think like what what we're all describing is the person who wants to jump in has this sense of urgency. Like it's now or never. I'm going to burst if I don't share my adventure now. So yeah, if we could just defer learning Mm -hmm. to defer, as you said, at least just keep our mouths shut. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It helps. It helps a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So that uh, last one on there waiting to tell your story. Um, This is Mm -hmm. really classic. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a person who could say they've never done this. Um, so someone's speaking about, you know, a subject that uh, maybe you are interested in, but you're not listening to them. You're thinking about what you're going to say next. You're formulating your sentences or your response, or in some cases, even your rebuttal. Mm-hmm. So there's no listening going on. That's more of a debate. It's a little, it can be a little combative. I say something and you're, you're not listening to me. You just want to, you know, maybe have a rebuttal when I'm done. So it's once, once again, it's bad listening because mm. the idea isn't to hear the speaker. The idea is the focus is on me, what you're evoking in me while you speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an upgrade, uh, uh, something positive. I'm getting excited. But mm-hmm. sometimes I could be getting frustrated with you. Yeah. You know, and so I'd really want to say, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. So. Interestingly, one of the places where I feel like I learned about that kind of listening is um, in Moms in Prayer, which we've talked about on this um, podcast several times. Um, When we do our steps of prayer, um, there's a time of Thanksgiving, for example. And during Thanksgiving, we're supposed to listen enough to be able to agree in prayer. But if we're so busy you know, she says something she's thankful for. I'm thinking about what I'm thankful for. We are not really listening to that person and we cannot agree with that prayer because we haven't heard it. Right. And that's actually a place where I've learned to pay more attention and, you know, in prayer uh, and not just in Thanksgiving, Mm. but also what is, what is on somebody's heart? What are they really, um, you know, we have, we all have prayer concerns, you know, burdens, and if we're waiting to tell my own burden, I am not listening to the person next to me. So, um, again, that's that's been a good place to be reminded of that, where yeah, we're doing. Yeah. I didn't even think yeah. of that in terms of prayer, um, but you're so right. I mean, I'm in a moms in prayer group, and part of the process is listening to somebody else. You know what I, I kind of do while the other person is praying is I actually take notes. So mm. then I'm writing down, like, because when it comes time for me to agree in prayer, I, I, I usually can't. Remember it all, and it's like you sure. know. And and um, with my group, we've been together so so long. Nobody's offended at mm-hmm. me taking notes while they're mm-hmm. praying because mm-hmm. I, I ha- that's what I have to do. Like I know myself. Um, mm-hmm. No matter how how much I try to listen, I'm good. Like there are thoughts that are creeping in that want me to think about me and my kid. And oh yeah, that's right. My kid's doing the same thing. You know, like. Mm-hmm. It, I, so I write, I write things down. I mean, I can't always do that when you go to coffee with a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might want to, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's super helpful. And you know what? I've actually thought about, um, and, and I have yet to do this, but there's especially certain scenarios where I think it would be really beneficial is like when I do talk to people, when I get home, to write down a few notes you know, about like our conversation and what mm-hmm. to follow up with, especially, mm-hmm. um, hosting a, a small group from my church, you mm-hmm. know, it's easy to forget 
some of the conversations we had or the things that we're struggling with, like just keeping that list of what it was that we talked about so that I can go back and then ask them is super helpful because I don't always remember, especially when Mm -hmm. you're leading a group with people and I can keep track of their prayer requests. I can follow up on it. And so, um, I kind of need to cheat sometimes, even with my friends. That's a great skill though, because again, you're being intentional. And I think with all of the bad listening skills we just discussed with everyone, the person isn't intentionally listening mm. to the speaker. They're doing something else. So if you're writing a note, you're being very intentional. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. that's a great. I never would have thought of that, but it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It is it to is. remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So why don't you tell us about some good listening? Okay. The good listening is uh, pretty simple. It just involves intentionality. Um, You know, the basic thing to give someone eye contact, you know, even in our homes to give our kids Mm -hmm. eye contact, our husband's eye contact. I used to say um, when I was getting ready to go to work for evening appointments, if I have my back to you and I'm staring at the skillet, I do not hear you. I do not know what you're saying. If I'm giving you eye contact, I hear you. So Mm. it's just to be looked at, to be focused on, you know, it's it's again to be seen also is to be known, just like to be mm-hmm. heard is to be known. So number mm-hmm. one is definitely the eye contact. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a huge issue today with cell phones. Oh, yeah. uh, people are literally, oh, oh, just, I, I'm listening. Just let me, I'm just checking this. I am like, you know what? I'm not going to talk until you're done with that. I just mm-hmm. Do not feel listened to when you got your phone. And and I've done it myself. It's not just people doing it with me. It's like, oh, no, no, I can hear you. Just want to check this really important message. And it's like, no, no. Got to look. Right. Got to look. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so true. You can multitask while you're on the cell phone, which means you are not giving good listening. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. can multitask, yeah. but not multifocus. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. Right. That's right. That's, That's kind very, of a myth. Good point. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And especially with our kids. I mean, think about how we struggle with it and we know better. Like our kids are literally not learning this lesson. I mean, I see it in my kids. I'm, I often am telling my kids, please make eye contact, especially, um, you know, in a restaurant, that's a great place to practice with my kids. I'm like, honey, can you look at her when you tell her what you want (laughs) to eat? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think sometimes we hide behind the whole, like, well, I'm shy. And, and I'm like, no, you need to look at them. But it, you have yeah. to practice it. It takes a little yeah. practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Any skill can be developed through practice. Any mm-hmm. skill. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keep reminding them, Kimberly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It feels like an uphill battle, though. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it is. Kids, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Kids, kids yeah. have difficulty with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's and that that being shy can be an, mm-hmm. something that seems excusable, but it yeah. really isn't. Yeah. It's like no, this is something you need to learn to do, no matter what circumstance you're in. And yeah. and we all notice when somebody can't look at us, don't yeah. we? Yeah, totally. Right. right. And I do think that there's some people out there that are like, oh no no no, it's it's fine. I understand. And I'm like, no no no, they need to look at you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they try to let my kid off the hook, and I'm like, right. no no no, really. <laughs> This will serve them later in life when they're applying for a job and they're, you know, trying to network with people and make connections. You can't, you can't do it if you're not intentional with eye contact. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. 
Um, the next one for good listening is uh, using our body posture. Uh, shoulders, sit up straight, face the speaker with your body. So sometimes, you know, uh, classic, uh, I'm facing in one direction, you're behind me, I turn around to look at you, but my body doesn't turn around. Mm -hmm. So my head is facing you. You do not have my full attention. You have mm -hmm. part of my attention. You know, it's kind of like the example I gave earlier. If I'm cooking at the stove and I turn around, I'm still really cooking. I'm not mm -hmm. listening to mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So if I turn around and I look at you, and sometimes with younger kids, you know, you put your hands on their shoulders, eyeball to eyeball. It really makes impact. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think our, we can listen with our whole bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. I like that. Next one, facial expressions. Um, we can never give enough smiles while we're listening. Never. Smiles are free. I really practice that. I might look like a crazy lady, but I really <laughs> practice smiling a lot just because I can. They're free. People mm -hmm. need you to smile at them. And if you if I'm a very intense person and if I'm not thinking about intentionally smiling, I could uh, look very intense, which means I could look critical or judgmental. But it's just I'm thinking I am a mm. deep thinker. So mm -hmm. I have to tell my face to relax. I have to tell my face to smile. <laughs> Otherwise, That's so hard. I, do that. Oh I know. Yeah. I know. My brow furrows. And then, you know, I, when I was younger, I definitely got some input as, you know, I, I just am an intense listener, I guess. <laughs> but, but you can smile, too. So you I were an intense listener too. before you became a therapist? <laughs> uh, well, I was working on it, that's for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I probably was, Kimberly, now that I think of it. Yeah, it probably goes with the territory. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, I think uh, the you know, again, if I'm not looking at you, if you're talking and I'm looking down, so you're only seeing my forehead, that's one. But if I'm looking at you and I'm smiling, it's warm. I could warm you up, be welcoming. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, again, intentionality. Mm -hmm. Can't be perfect, but... Can yeah. just think about these skills, right? Well, I'll have to say, you know, we do these um, podcasts over Skype. And mm -hmm. sometimes when I play them back, um, part of the process is that you, you, it's a movie, you convert it into an audio. But when I look mm -hmm. at the movie and I see myself talking and listening, <laughs> I'm often mortified by what I see because I <laughs> am doing that, like, that yeah. listening or my eyes are uh -huh. like thinking, like I can, I can literally see myself thinking while people are talking uh -huh. and I'm kind of <laughs> like, okay, how do I, how do I change that? Um, cause I do want to be an, a, a welcoming listener to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, conversely, there's a lot to be said for people would rather have an intense listener mm -hmm. than a distracted listener. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, if you or I are looking in deeply and our brow is furrowing, and people get it that you're really paying attention, which is better than, you know, kind of looking around the room or, yeah. looking, you know, when the kids are little, we used to say to them, OK, stay with our group because they'd be looking at people in other tables in the restaurant. You know, yeah, that's mm -hmm. distracting. And then you yeah. don't feel heard. But at least oh with the intensity, gosh. with the intensity, at least people know you're really paying attention. OK, so. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, it's still for me to figure this out. <laughs> and it, uh, somebody intently listening, even frowning while I'm speaking, still is definitely <laughs> listening to me. Right. Um, but I do have to say the the idea of somebody looking around. Oh my gosh! It's mm -hmm. ju again. It's like the cell phone. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll even say, "Oh, I, I'm hearing you. I'm just looking at such and such." And I'm just like, 
No. You're not hearing me. You're hearing me. <laughs> and if you are hearing me, you're hearing me a little bit. So mm-hmm. actually, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Please stay mm-hmm. with me. Um, uh-huh. And uh-huh. I can I can think of, you know, kids, but my husband as well. Mm-hmm. And and certainly me being guilty of it with my husband as well. Going going the other direction. Definitely. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's so honest. That intent intent look, look is a lot better than the looking around the room thing. Yeah, right. 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 That's for sure. That's for sure. And I think what you said was you, you could tell me, uh, I hear you, I hear you, but if I'm not feeling heard, that's the message. That's yeah. the reality. I don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't tell me you're listening if I can't, mm-hmm. if I don't feel it. Yes. So, because we want to felt heard. We want, we want to be, we want to, um, we want to feel like we're heard. We want to feel known. We want to feel felt is really the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. If you're looking at me intently, I know you're feeling me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women yeah. are very sensitive with that. That's for sure. We like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the last one on the good listening uh, list is something we mentioned before, just leaving iPhones, iPads, anything that would distract you kind of away from the conversation. Mm-hmm. I automatically think of like being out to lunch with friends and if someone puts their phone face up. You know, then, you know, they're really going to be checking in on their yeah. phone. Yes. <clears throat> and yeah. if you don't have little kids, you really don't need to leave your phone face up. You can leave it in your in your pocketbook yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When kids are little or it's a little different. But yeah. So can you give us some examples of active listening questions? So once we've um, talked with our friend and given them our full attention, how can we continue the conversation in a way that continues to make them feel seen and heard. Sure. Sure. Um, just the uh, very basic, simple. So what's going on with your mom, daughter, job, health, whatever it is you spoke about last, catch me up, uh, mm-hmm. or tell me more about that. Uh, great open ended question that you have to really sit then and wait and give the person the, you know, what we were talking about earlier, give them the con- the eye contact and the body listening so that it can actually answer it. Mm-hmm. How many times do people say, so how's your mom? And then they're on to the next and they didn't mm-hmm. wait to hear the answer, mm-hmm. you know, so they didn't mean it. But if you say, so what's going on with whatever, the, you know, your mom, your daughter, your job, your health, you have to hang in there and wait for, you know, an answer that's more than a word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a sentence. So do you have any suggestions when <clears throat> we're with somebody who's just not a good listener? Mm. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, it happens to us all the time, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it ha- really, it happens all the time. Um, you know, it depends on how well you know the person, I think. If you know somebody really well, I feel I have a lot more leverage. Like if I know somebody knows I care about them, you know, and they have a relationship with me. They know I respect them. I could probably like put my hand on their arm and say, hold, hold up, hold up. You know, let let me just say a few more things before we move Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't know me, uh, I would probably be a lot more ginger. Uh, I would probably, um, you know, I, I might say, Oh, give me another minute. I'm, I'm almost done. But, um, it's hard to address it deeply in like a lunch conversation because you're talking about a character flaw. So you can't address what they're doing. You can state your need. Hey, could I just have another minute or, um, you know, yeah, that, that is good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about, again, I definitely have some friends where I could, 
um, start listening to them and walk away. (laughs) Let's play the phone for 20 minutes and come back and they will have continued the conversation, which is not really a conversation. I suppose it's a monologue. Um, and I Mm. will have said nothing. Yeah. I have a few, I know a few people like that and it's like, how do you, and I love them. I really do. But there's just this real tendency. And I, and I, it's interesting that you mentioned anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that might be part of what it is now that I think of it, that helps me to understand where that can come from. Mm -hmm. Um, and then again, I say, I, I, you know, Kimberly, you did just ask this, but this is not even interrupting. This is just somebody who would be ready to say goodbye. Okay. See you next time. And I haven't said the word. (laughs) Yeah. But they'll probably tell you what a wonderful conversation you guys had because you listened to them. Uh Right. But it wasn't mutual. The highest form of relationship is mutuality. The best conversations are mutual. Mm -hmm. So if someone does all the talking again, if it's a really good friend, I I definitely would. um, I definitely would say something at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe I wouldn't interrupt them because, again, what are they telling me about? Mm-hmm. You know, some people are always in crisis mood mode. Every time mm-hmm. you see them, it's another crisis. Yeah. They always show up to the lunch breathless. Mm. That person, I definitely would have to, you know, I don't know off the top of my head what I would say, but I probably wouldn't say it in front of anybody else. But I might right. say, hey, you know, hey, it seems like, you know, whenever uh, I'm actually thinking of somebody, you know, whenever you show up, you kind of seem, you know, like you're always running late. I might just to engage them to see what is going on as opposed to a person who's actually having a true crisis. Yeah. And then you do drop everything. Right. And everybody listens because yeah. something, yeah. something critical just took place. Mm-hmm. But as we know, you know, that's not usually the case in the kind of example you were given, Elise. No, I don't yeah. think. No. no. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes the way we show up, how, Good question. We can ask ourselves um, when we come to the luncheon or whatever. Um, how do I show up? Yes, mm, yes, that's good. How do I show up? Do I show up anxious and oh, I just have to tell everybody something, or do I show up, you know, welcoming and warm, full, as Lisa Turkhurst said in one mm-hmm. of her books? Do I show up filled up so I'm not looking to get something from all of you, but mm-hmm. to give something? Um, and hopefully, like I said, if it's mutual, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because it's ministry if I'm always giving. Yeah. We don't want to minister all the time. We want to have that that mutuality thing. Mm-hmm. So it's tough, though, because I think a lot of folks do show up uh, the way mm-hmm. you described, Elise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in the counseling office, we talk sometimes about many relationships, not just friends, where people will keep going to what we call a dry well, trying to get something from somebody who really doesn't have that to give you right now at this point in time. Could be temporary, mm-hmm. um, but it's, we, have to, we have to, I guess, question our own motivations. You know? yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a good conversation. Okay. Thank you both, ladies. I appreciate being invited to do this. And oh, it was great. exciting for me. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find everything we talked about today on the show notes at our site, slicesoflifepodcast.com and in our weekly newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll receive additional content and resources delivered right to your inbox. 
At the end of October, we'll be wrapping up season three of the show. Throughout November and December, we'd love for you to catch up on episodes you've missed and take a moment to share our show with a friend. Our team is looking forward to coming back in January to share with you what we've been working on and how you can be a part of it. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. While you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.